Leftovers again? Welcome to LP Leftovers, the podcast for stuff that didn't fit into the service. Or anywhere. We're here to have some fun, make each other laugh, but mostly we just want to make you think about some things. Hey, I'm Paul Lohr. I'm Rob White. And I'm Bo Gherkin. And I'm Nick Schoon. Not to be confused with Nick Schoen. Yeah, I don't know who that is. That's our Chinese youth pastor. Did, did I miss something there? Yeah, you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we can say Chinese. Why? He's Asian. Oh, sorry. Asian American. If you're from China, I think you can call people Chinese. Are you if, from China? If I'm no. facing See? North in America, you're on my left-hand side. So we want to introduce a couple topics this morning, or I guess it's the evening whenever you're listening. Uh, we're in the afternoon, I guess, aren't we? Could be really, I mean, late, like 2 a.m. for some people. It's whatever time it is. It's a podcast. So um, we want to talk about, have you seen the progressive commercials that are going on? Yeah. Yeah, the Becoming Your Parents. They're my favorite commercial out right now. Easily. Can you give us an example? Act uh, one out for us. I'm not going to act one out. Come on. You act one out. I don't know them. My favorite one is when he's he's like backing someone up in the parking lot that he doesn't even know. <laughs> just helping them randomly. And then and then he's like, the guy comes up and he's like, you don't even know them. And the, Or they have too many pillows on the, the couch. You've no, seen all those things? My favorite one's when he when he's in the hardware store and the guy with the blue hair goes yeah. walking by. Yeah, that's hilarious. And, and he says, everybody sees it. Every, you don't need to say anything. <laughs> so much everybody blue. Sees it. So much blue. <laughs> yeah. Those, those, are, those commercials are amazing. But I, I want I want to know like are there anything from you guys that you're noticing that you're becoming your parents in as you get older? Do do I have to admit? Yes, you can be honest. Well, I mean, my dad might listen to the podcast, so well then, I mean, it's the best way to communicate to him right now. I, I bet there's some good things that he does. Well, I might I would pick those out then. <laughs> Probably. Well, I could share one. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I don't have to worry about my dad listening to the podcast. No, he's deaf, so he doesn't listen to podcasts. So. <laughs> Probably not. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's not a joke. But um, <laughs> we should. Uh, my, my wife can also attest to this. One of the things that I do, um, you turn just the everyday things that you're doing into songs. So, like one or two lines, you just got to basically sing what you're doing, and there's like a voice that goes along with it. When you're singing, it's like, I gotta do this and go put the dishes away. That's pretty much it. Um, That's what you do? Yep. That's what your dad did? Yeah. Just brings a lot of joy to your life. Um, Doesn't have to be long, but it gets the creative juices going, and I think a lot of people appreciate it. So, A lot of people are just like you. Uh, I definitely appreciate it. (laughs) Um, Does Kara appreciate it? Absolutely not. No. I didn't figure she did. So you just randomly sing stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Do, Do you do it out loud? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Very loud. Very obnoxious. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you succeeded when she starts to sing along with you. Uh, hasn't happened yet. I think the worst thing that is going on with me is I'm getting into the really bad habit of just saying, um, before I respond to anything. Like, so my, my kids or my wife, or I'll say what. Like, even though I, I understood and heard what they said, I'll say what to make them repeat it. Just is that, is no that something your dad does? My mom and dad both do that. Oh. My yeah. mom says what to everything. Like, no matter, no matter, like, if you're on the phone with her, she's like, 
What? Because she's trying to do multiple things that she's a multitasker or she believes she still is. And so she's like, that's what's happening. Like there's multiple things going on in my brain. I'm trying to multitask and I'm not always good at it. And so I say what to make myself catch up, like to allow myself to catch up to what the person's saying. So, so it's like, uh, she's not saying what stop and repeat what you're saying. It's just, yeah. And then in the middle of that person repeating what they just told me, I actually respond <laughs> without letting them finish. Nick's shaking his head. Yes. Yeah. He's that's been what there. I do. That's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Like they'll, they'll say something to me and I'll be like, what? And then in the, they'll start responding. And in the middle of that, my brain catches up to what they actually were asking in the first place. So without letting them finish, I just go ahead and say what I need to say. I've done that before too. So that's why I, I get it. Yeah. Yep. I was trying to think if there's anything from my mom or dad that I've, Carrie probably says there is, but I honestly can't think of anything. I think Paul would be one of those guys that's just his dad instantly. How's your dad's hair looking? <laughs> <laughs> my dad has a whole head of hair. I have none. I think you inherit your mom's hair. Your yeah. dad does have a lot of hair. Yeah, my, I can't, my grandpa on my mom's side, that's what I look like Yeah, hair-wise. But I love, um, I do dad jokes. Mm-hmm. With my girls, we have a group chat, and Abby's now sending me dad jokes back. I'm like, that is awesome. So she's like feeding you? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's not good. <laughs> she, she, she's feeding into it. Feeding the dad jokes. Yep. So it's pretty cool. Have you had any good ones recently? The one I just sent this morning that I was talking about earlier was, there's one that uh, it's, uh, Jesus was sitting on the, on the mountain. And it said, be kind to everyone. In the crowd, someone says, what, even Gary? Yeah, Gary's the worst. Look, we've been through this. This is Jesus again. Yes, even be kind to Gary as well. Gary in the background says, ha, suck it, losers. Not now, Gary. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was funny. (laughs) 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 Well... Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. That's terrible. Mm. I got another one. Hold on a sec. <laughs> no. Really? Really? <laughs> I got a bunch of them. Oh, great. Rob, do you do you look more like your mom or your dad? Um, I think probably more like my mom. <clears throat> I, I like to cook. I like to be creative in that way. So, I, like, you, that you got that from your mom? I'm, I'm pretty sure, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> what did you get from your dad? At Christmas, I got a gift card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's neat. Yep. So, I mean, we're talking about what we are. So, do you guys have any like New Year's resolutions for maybe making changes? Nothing? Nobody? Chirp, chirp. We talked about New Year's resolutions before. I think all of us agreed that... They're hilarious overall. But I, I think my problem with New Year's resolutions is I don't really take into consideration that the actual New Year's is like a start over, start over point for anything. Yeah. Because it's just like, like, you can say all you want about 2020 and what it is and what it's been, and everybody that acts like 2021 is going to be something different. I just don't see that happening. So you got to make 2021 different if you want it to be different. So, um, I'm pretty sure that David made a New Year's resolution. He probably did this on January 1st. You think he did on January 1st? What was that? Psalm 101. 
when he says, I will sing of your love and justice to you, Lord. I will sing praise. I will be careful to lead a blameless life. When will you come to me? I will conduct the affairs of my house with a blameless heart. I will not look with approval on anything that is vile. I hate what faithless people do. I will have no part in it. So I think he's, this was probably his resolution. You think he did that on January 1st? I'm pretty sure. It doesn't say it anywhere here. <laughs> oh, that, you mean like in the Bible? That yeah, yeah. That <laughs> that that sounds like a New Year's resolution. I mean, it is a good resolution. Mm-hmm. Like Bo said, that should be something that's done, whether it's the beginning of the year, end of the year, middle of the year. I don't know. I just I don't, you, resolutions have never done much for me. Don't get too excited about them. Do you have goals at work? Yeah, okay. Goals at work. Sorry. <laughs> I have a goal of making it to work. Okay, okay, that's good. That's good. No, like, I think uh, we, we, we always do have goals of what we want to see done and, and what we want. But honestly, like, so if you're talking about work at the rental, it's not really much different than work at the church. We have goals, and that's just to really see what God wants to do and... Uh, we're more worried about what if we miss on something that God wants us to be doing than really like we don't think we're messing up when we're doing something. It's more we don't want to miss out on what God has for us if he wants us to be doing something. Yeah. So that's not much different than if I'm working here or at the rental store. Well, I know some people set a goal to, uh, you know, eat healthier or lose weight or right. get out of debt or, mm-hmm. you know, wh- whatever those things might be. And and I think that's great. It, it to me, it's a time period when you stop and look at where you're at and say, um, I need to make some changes. Yeah. I, I, I wish we would do this more often, <laughs> but if, if at least we do it once a year and say, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to change what I do, I, I think that's great. But to make a resolution, to write it down and say, this is what I'm going to do, and then, and then put that away and... A month later, you're still paying a gym membership that you've never visited. <laughs> it, the one thing I hate is the gym is going to be so packed for the next month. It's the worst. And everybody's in there, and you get people that have never been to the gym before, and they're using equipment backwards, and you just kind of laugh. And <laughs> I like watching those videos. That's about all I do. <laughs> <laughs> may, may, I, may I tangent on that a little oh, bit? Oh, please okay. do. <laughs> Here's the thing. is I'm, I'm all for... People who want to, and I talk to care about this all the time when we go to the gym. I'm all for people who, if it takes that moment for them to decide that they want to start being healthier and everything, and they're trying, like it, by like I applaud you. That is awesome. That is amazing. As the people who just want to be there, it's it's kind of like a church issue. Like you're just being there, and you're counting it as being good enough. Yeah. It's like no, you going and sitting up and just like taking up room and taking up one of the treadmills and not actually working on it. Just like going and sitting in a chair in church not actually participating or trying to get anything out of it. Like you're just, you're causing more harm than you are good. Yeah. And it's a pain. And I want to get on that machine and I want to use it. And you're just sitting there on your phone. Like get out of here, yeah. please. <laughs> <laughs> or they're posting selfies of their workout I get it. so that they can say that. <laughs> yeah. Air, air quotes doesn't come across in podcasting very well. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Um, it shouldn't take what it really probably is the issue for like you're saying I you wish we do this more than once a year 
it really shouldn't take this for us to make changes in our lives to be like it shouldn't take any kind of time frame solution that we come up with to say hey you know we need to make a change in our life it's actually insane for us if we know there's issues going on in our lives to not like reflect take take some time and figure out what we need to do to make the changes and do it right whether that's in may whether that's in august or whether that's in january I think one of the issues in our society, especially our culture around where we live here, is that we we don't admit fault very well, and we don't take it and make changes to. Con- I mean, we like we just we live in that fault almost to a pride issue of saying, "Well, I'm not going to make any changes, and they're going to have to do something about." It. It's like it's going to have to impact me in a negative way before I make the change. Yeah, like I'm going to have a health scare before all of a sudden, you know, and it's kind of like. We got to have a bad year in 2020 before we realize how serious we need to take our relationship with Christ. It shouldn't take that for us to realize really what we're needing. So, so going off that, so looking back at 2020, what yeah. do you think? Instead of going the negative direction, what do you think went well? Are you kidding? The world's falling apart. I said instead of the negative. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> That's all I hear anymore is people talking about how they're ready to get rid of 2020 and move on, and you know everything's going to be better in 2021. But but there's been so many awesome things yep. that have happened in 2020. My daughter graduated from high school and started college, and I, I think she's had a blast. It, yeah. It, we, we apologized to her so many times. It, it was ridiculous, but I think she's uh, really enjoying herself. She's kind of glad it worked out this way. So I, I think that was a blessing for her. That's really good. Yeah. Now, I, I heard, I've heard from multiple multiple people that feel like this year has been one of the best years. I just went out with a couple on Sunday. They said that spiritually, physically, like for their marriage, everything, this has been their best year of their lives. They said like for the relationship, just like almost being forced to spend that time together and to work on each other. So I, I think it's really how you viewed it. If you're stuck at home with your spouse and you you really don't have an option to go do all the other stuff that you filled your life with, you can either look at that as a negative and go, man, I'm stuck at home, or you can view that as a positive. Like, I get to hang out with this person that I'm spending the rest of my life with, you know, my best friend, and I can figure that out. So I think that, and then I think they took this time to say, you know, we actually are in a lifestyle mode right now where we can make the health changes that we need to make and we can actually follow through with them. Because they weren't in a hurry, so they weren't eating like the fast food and all the stuff. So they made health changes there. And then I think on the spiritual side of it, they they really reflected on where their life was heading and where they wanted it to go spiritually. Not only did they do that individually, but they said as a couple, they actually started focus, focusing on the spiritual aspect of their life. Like, hey, where do we want to go spiritually as a couple? And I think that's something that every couple should take the moment right now and say, you know, like, where do we want to go? Like, where do we want to be 10 years from now spiritually together? And that, I think that's really cool. So yeah. I've heard from probably at least a half a dozen people in the last month that have told me those same exact things. It's been all similar. Yeah, everything you just said, my, I had family members that just messaged me that kind of surprised me. They wanted to get into the Bible more. They wanted to mm-hmm. uh, dive into more studies. And so we're actually getting ready to start LP groups and I said, well, hey, we're doing one. We're gonna, we're, we took Carrie and I took a break, so we're gonna start one back up. And so she said, yes, I want to do that with you. And then even even some neighbors of mine, we've talked to them, and they want to do it too. They said, and it took 2020 to get them to that point, right? And so if that's what it takes, 
you know, I'd honestly do it again. Yeah. Well, it slowed it slowed a bunch of us down. It slowed us down from where our lives were heading, um, and, and it made us refocus. So that was that's a positive. I'd say a blessing from last year. The people that um, probably look at twenty twenty as a bad thing. Maybe they're talking financially that it wasn't their best year or whatever. I don't I don't know. Um, but man, I I just feel like God brought us through that. The absolute worst part is the people that have passed away from you know the sicknesses and the diseases and all all that stuff. That's obviously. That's terrible, but man, I hope people pull together because of this in their time and, and say, you know, it's how you view it and your perspective on it and we're either going to take the good out of it or we're going to, we're going to keep living with the bad focus on that. So do you, do you think 2020 is going to bring about change? You know, we were talking about people looking at their lives and saying, this is what I'm going to change. What other changes do you think 2020 is going to bring about? I mean, are you we mean gonna- for what's up ahead? Yeah, yeah. Are 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 we all going to wear masks from now on? Are 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 people going to wash their hands more regularly? Are are police going to quit killing black people? Is it going to bring about change? Wow. Um, tough topics. <clears throat> yeah, there are tough topics, but they're real life topics. I mean, they're relevant. Uh, I would say that in some aspects of life, definitely. Things are going to change. I don't know the ones that you brought up. If 2020 is really going to be the reason that those make a complete change. For sure, a couple of those that you brought up, I think, is really a spiritual battle that's gone on. That people just don't love one another the way they should. um, And they don't view each other equal the way we should. Which is complete and utter farce. And it's a lie from the enemy that, that... one is inferior to the other or, or one's not as, you know, well, I mean, it's just, it's, it's absolutely a complete lie. And the day we get over that, honestly, people say that that's just recently been an issue. That's been an issue, um, since Jews and Gentiles were brought up in the Bible. I mean, it's been a, it's been a problem, not necessarily going after the same colors, but gosh, there's how many different shades of white just in this room and we're sitting here talking. So like it's just it's a problem in our mindsets and what it is. So that one for me is not it's really not a a touchy subject. It's just a subject that just needs to be dealt with and it's a spiritual problem I think going on. So and the other the other issues like washing our hands and stuff which I put on a completely separate spectrum. I I don't know. I don't know that we're going to see a lot of changes in in that I think people aren't going to wear masks when this is over. When they finally say it's over, I don't think people are going to wear masks. Kind of changing changing gears just a little bit. Uh, we talked about this a couple podcasts a while back ago. Brick and mortar, you know, doing businesses or schools, yeah. even for that, yeah. changing. I talked to someone uh, a couple Sundays ago, and he works for a big corporation up in Olathe. He said that they're actually stopped production or manufacturing in uh, reconstruction. I'm sorry, reconstruction of one of their buildings. Because now they're re-looking at it and say, hey, we can save a lot of money and let them work from home because they're getting more production doing that than they would bringing them back into the facility. I know at our office, uh, things, it, it, they, they say that people are, are working more, getting equal productivity out of working from home. I don't think that's for all positions, but generally speaking, people are getting a lot more done. I know... When I work from home, there's this line that gets blurred between, you know, what's 
what's okay to 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 do while I'm quote on the clock and what's not. I'm not an hourly employee, but uh, you know I I start well before eight o'clock because I would have been on the road and on my way there, and I've got my laptop open and I'm working on stuff. Sometimes I forget to stop for lunch. Sometimes I take my lunch early, but I, I, I have a hard time stopping at five o'clock because there's so many more things that I have to do. So I, I'm okay, you know, spending a, a few more minutes on the computer, which may turn into six or seven o'clock, or I'm answering emails on my phone, where if I was going to the office, mentally, I can say to myself, Mm -hmm. uh, work, work is going to start when I walk through the door and it's going to end when I leave. Yeah. It's, it's, would that become an issue between the household too, or has it? Uh, yeah, yeah, it has. I, that's what I was going to say. I think it, that particular topic is going to affect, um, our social lives in every way. You think about the people that you get to know from your workspace and from your work environment, I mean, some some people will spend more time with the people at work than they do their families. Mm-hmm. And now you're you're switching that whole gear up from where you're not going to have that social aspect. So one or two things is going to happen either that's going to drive people to find other means of social gathering. I don't think it's ever going to get to a place because we I believe we were designed for relationships. We were designed to be connected to one another. And so it's probably going to drive them to other things like uh, either forms of entertainment where there's social gatherings um, or it's going to drive them, you know, maybe create more leagues like sporting events, things like that, or like church settings. It's going to drive people more to like church gathering settings for the for the almost like the social aspect of it, of like getting to know people and having building relationships for the connection. Yeah, because if you're at home and you never get that, think of all the things that happen at work that isn't really necessarily work-related that has to do with the social aspect of what work is. You know, going out to lunch together, getting to know one another, knowing about someone else's birthday or their kids, the birthday celebrations, the graduations, all stuff. And now all of a sudden you're not connected to any of those people. So two people can work at Garmin and then never met each other, you know, which probably already happened. But if they were in the same, they're working in the same department and their their whole lives and they never met each other, I do think... In every aspect of any corporation or business, you know, you're always going to be able to follow the money. And if there's money to be saved in not paying taxes and insurance on a big building um, and not having the upkeep and maintenance of a big brick and mortar building, then I can see businesses going, hey, you have the choice to work at home and uh, it's going to save us money. And as long as you get the same production time done, then and and Rob, like those areas that you're dealing with where there's really not a defined line, don't you think that eventually your company would come out with, like, here's the guidelines for working from home, and here's our expectations of what that is? Sure. Um, We don't necessarily have guidelines, but there's certainly ways that people can can kind of control. One is, you know, instead of working at your dining room table, you know, have an office. But not everybody has that ability. Yeah. But again... They're, they're not going to tell you what you can and can't do. In most cases, they're going to make suggestions because um, ultimately, you know, th- that's how I would do my job. Yeah. They're not going to tell me exactly what to do, but they're going to make suggestions and put in some, some things. It, it, the expectation is that I would put in 40 hours a week. I, honestly, I think uh, most of the people in our company are putting in a lot more than that right now. Really? Yeah. And working from home? Yes. I wonder why they're doing that. 
Um, we're trying to hit the same goals that we had set at the beginning of the year when we thought we were going to be in the office and, uh, and we're not hitting those goals. So we're putting in more time in the hopes of making that happen, I think. Oh, so, so are you saying it's harder to achieve what you want to achieve working from home or it's create a challenge? It's not just working from home. It's business is down. Okay. Period. Because of the year. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Unless, of course, you're a hospital and then business is booming. <laughs> that is that is true. It's very true. Not in a good way, though. No, no, not not normally. It isn't. Is it? Is it ever? If <laughs> hospitals are full and booming, it's a, is it ever a good thing? Well, it could be. Well, babies. It's babies. I, I guess. <laughs> Nick's like, no, not really. That's not a good thing. It's the circle of life. <laughs> Oh, man. Have you ever worked from home with uh, just your suit jacket on? Donald Duck style. I don't, I don't wear a suit jacket. Oh. But I, but, but I have gone to work wearing a t-shirt and sweater and, and a pair of shorts. Oh. Because. You're at home. I'm at home. Yeah. I can't tell you the first, the first couple weeks, I, I don't think I got out of my sweats once. Oh, jeez. It was nice. That is, I see. Like my personality, if they put me to work at home, I never get anything done, ever. Well, but but you're doing physical work too. Yeah, that's true. If you were accounting or you were on the phone all day, that'd be different. Yeah, that's true. You're an essential worker. No, no, that's not what my brothers tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, on the other hand, he could easily do his job from home, right? Um. <laughs> Zoom, Zoom wasn't a lot of fun. No, <laughs> being in person's a lot better. Yeah, no. Zoom, Zoom is not. It's definitely not there. And I think one of the things you were talking about earlier, you know, we 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 really crave this relationship. Um, Thanksgiving and Christmas here has been an example of that. Mm-hmm. You know, we we find ways to get together, and even even if it's through Zoom, we're not together. We know that. Yeah. Um, but that's certainly not the way we, we want to spend our time. No. But it's what we're putting up with now so that in the hopes we, you know, next year can, can get together with family. Or maybe this summer. I don't know. Yep. How many people here postponed vacation plans this year? I have twice. Mm-hmm. I have twice. Nick? I don't do too much vacationing. Okay. <laughs> I, I, we, we had to cancel two different trips. But it was our fault. Like, we, we tried to plan them because everything's so cheap to travel right now. Yeah. And so you, you attempt to plan them just hoping that it, it's going to work out time-wise or that they're going to figure something out. And then it, it's been postponed twice now. Well, and to our listeners in Hawaii, I just want to say I'll be there soon. I'm really sorry. <laughs> All of our listeners in Hawaii. So... I want you to think about this because this fits a lot of Bible characters. What are some essential failures for a life that leads to faith? What? Essential failures. There's such a thing as like failures in your life that are essential for creating faith. So is that, that like, a, like an essential worker? No. It, yeah. No. It's like if... If you had to have, if like, if you have everything you need, if you have everything you need, then you don't. It don't really require faith to go after it. 
mean, you've heard all the amazing testimonies of like people saying they don't, you know, they don't have the money to do something. You did a they, you did a sermon on this five years ago, four years ago. Who was it? Yeah, it was it was a it was a football <laughs> player that had everything he wanted. He sent did an interview, but he still had a hole. He had Tom a, Brady. Is that who it was? Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady has actually said after this is after his like fourth Super Bowl. He did like a sixty minutes interview. Yeah, that's what it was. And he got on there and he said, "No, I just I still feel like there's something missing. Like I I'm not it does it doesn't like fulfill you. Like after the hype of it is over, you still feel like there's something wanting. And I was saying as Christians, we know what the void is that he's feeling. Like we know what what it is that's missing. Because I feel like fulfilled, and I don't feel like there's a void, and I haven't won a Super Bowl." You're close though. I mean, uh-huh. you were. I was really close. Yeah, but like, think of all of the Bible characters where it took faith to see the outcome of their story, of their testimony, and pretty much you can say all of them. It was essential for them to fail at something so they could have it. So that's what I was saying. Don't you have stories like that? Do Do I have stories of that, or are there biblical stories? Yeah, of that? you or Nick or Paul. I, I don't fail. Okay, so uh, I, Nick uh, or Paul, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, uh, I learn. That's what I do. No, I, I think that's true. Um, there, there's always times when um, you try something because whatever you're doing either doesn't work or it's not what you want. Um, so you, you try something and. Sometimes that failure leads you to something you wouldn't have seen before. Right. So, but the key is that you tried something. Yeah. Yeah. You took the risk. That's. Uh, I think it's a certain personality type that struggles with this the most. But I think there are some that just never try anything because it's got to be calculated out and it's got to make sense. It's got to be logical. And I keep telling people. Really, if you read the the love story that Jesus wrote down in the Bible, there's really nothing logical about the story. Logically, it never makes sense. Like, it's not logical for someone that was perfect to die on the cross for me who was not perfect. There's nothing logical about that. There's nothing logical for a guy to walk on water and then allow one of the people that's following him to walk on water for a little bit too. There's nothing logical about... The Jews and Gentiles coming together when they're completely opposite. Uh, there's nothing logical about Paul changing his life, um, you know, at any point because of his hatred and for what he hated Christians. Like, there's just nothing logical about several of the stories in the Bible. And so, if you're waiting for something to make sense before you do it, you're never going to do. I don't think what God's called you to do. That's why it always takes faith. So. Is it is it faith to try something new, or is it failure that drives you to faith? It depends on what you call failure. But I'm saying that there is essential worldly failure that needs to take place. Like, almost to the point of, like, I failed at what the world say would be successful mm. so that God could humble me to a place to where I had faith in Him to do what I'm supposed to do. So I, that's why I worded it the way I did. It's essential to fail at something worldly for a life of faith that I can say, hey, despite me and despite my human instincts, God used me to do this. 
which didn't make sense to me at all. Like, logically, it did not make sense. I shouldn't have gone there. I shouldn't have done this, or I shouldn't have had the ability to do this. But yet, because of God, I was able to. And if it's not because of God, then it's really not faith that's driving it. Is, is surrender also a failure? According to the world. Okay. Don't you think? I get that, yeah. I mean, if we're born with sin, if that's natural, if that's the world, mm-hmm. then we have to surrender to Christ. We have to surrender. We have to give that up for a life of faith. Right. And, and I think that may look like a failure to a lot of people. Sure. I agree. I don't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't really have anything deep with that. I was just saying that it is essential to fail because there's been a... Lately, for some reason, God's been really speaking to me, and I've, you can hear it in my sermons recently, and I haven't really keyed in on just that, but the way we're viewing some things, like the way we view failure as, is as negative. Like failure is almost like that's, a, that's condescending with a negative word, and it's not. It's the, it, failure can be a positive if you allow faith to come out of it. Um, and I, I don't know, there's been two or three different things that I've said in my sermons where it's viewed as a negative, but it actually can be a positive if we allow it to here recently. And failure is another one of those that I guess God's just been allowing me to view things differently. Um, just because the world says that it's a negative doesn't mean that it is. And I, I think that goes right along with what we talked about in that other podcast of like 2020 being uh, negative. No, it, it can be a negative if that's the way we want it to go down or it can actually be a positive. So, Good point. Yeah. Seeing you all laughed at me about the way I worded that before. And now look at you. Humbled as can be. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we're laughing inside. Oh, okay. Quietly. I understand. Not letting our face show. Do you have any like stories where you felt like failure is what brought you to the place you needed to be? So we actually, I talked about this a little bit this morning at staff. So we had a, a floor business a while back ago, and um, I'm trying to see how it tied in. We're reading a book called uh, David the Great, and we talked about my the, the business, and I led it differently. I wasn't I wasn't leading it like a, a business should have. I was more of a some of the employees we had was having some underlying issues besides just the business side of it. So I was more focused on that than I was on the business and I think that's what hurt our business the most is I wasn't leading it correctly that I should have been leading it and Carrie was leading it that way and I wasn't because I was more of the father figure for some of these kids and and, and, in a way that hurt Um, but looking back at it I've seen changes in some of those kids now that they're they're some of them are following Christ now and some of them he he led his dad to Christ before his dad passed away uh, about a year ago I don't know if that's kind of what you were hitting on there yeah, I mean, I, I, which I don't think your business failed. No, no, it's still going. Yeah, I mean, we're we're no longer doing it, but but we got out of it. But yeah, it's it's. Yeah, but I, I can see what you're saying. Like in the business world, the way they're viewing business, uh, you might have been like that was a part of your life that was failing. Mm-hmm. You know, like where you could do better. Um, but yeah, it is a positive because that's what I that's what I think we need to keep in in perspective. We can do all this stuff and spend all this time planning and do all, spend all this money, all this time, whatever. And if one person gets saved in the whole existence of living proof, 
then it, it would be worth it. Like God would do that, right? Mm-hmm. And so for us to sit back and not treat those people, anybody, who, if, whether we agree with how things go down or don't go down, like it's all in the end. It's, it's, it's God doing what God wants to do because he's God and we're not. And allowing him to really work in those situations and us staying Christians, like true Christians through the whole thing and saying, you know what? Like I'm a believer in Christ and I I trust his plan and I want to be a part of his plan. So instead of me sitting around complaining about what my opinion would be on an election, I'm going to allow God to work through what he needs to work through and I'm going to trust him in it because the outcome is the same for all of us as believers, right? And so there's just really no point in uh, being in distress or anxiety about that and allowing God to work through it. In your in your business, it, you might have felt like it was a failure, but if one kid or one person or one employee was impacted, then there was nothing failure about that. It was... Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what... I, I remember there was one lady, she called for a bid, and I went and talked to her, and then in the conversation... Um, she was telling me how, how her life was going and everything, and her husband just passed away, and her son was going through a divorce, and she just broke down and started crying. She said, I don't know what I do as a, as a parent, you know, what's going on? And I ended up praying with her. Um, and then, like a month then later... you cleaned her rug. No, actually, I didn't get the job. <laughs> <laughs> but then she called back again because she wanted something else bid, and she wanted me to come back, and she wanted to talk again, so I was able to pray yeah. with her again. So, I mean, she was it was just that that being there for someone to be able to talk to. That's awesome. And so it was just just following through with what God wanted at that time. So. Yeah. But yeah, I agree with you total, totally on the, you know, having faith in what God wants and, and being a, a vessel for that. Yeah. Paul Lohr's counseling and carpet cleaning business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stanley Steamer will do none of that, I promise you. <laughs> Not that that would prevent them from being a uh, sponsor. Yes. Uh, <laughs> living proof, or no, lpleftovers at gmail.com. If anybody from Stanley Steamer... <laughs> Stanley, if you're listening. <laughs> yes. Please call Mr. Steamer. Steamer is his last name. <laughs> Man, that was beneficial. Yeah. He didn't have a choice. Hey, thank you for listening. We're glad you joined us and, and hope you continue to listen. Please subscribe and share the Leftovers podcast. If you have a topic you'd like to hear or if you'd like to sponsor our podcast, you can email us at lpleftovers at gmail.com. Hey, what was that email again? That's lpleftovers at gmail.com. Bo, can you spell that? Yep. L-P-L-E-F-T-O-V-E-R-S at gmail.com. You didn't spell gmail.com. You just said gmail.com. G-M-A-I-L period C-O-M. Now you, don't have, you don't have to spell period out, though. It's just a period on the keyboard. Can you guys just say goodbye? Uh, I'm Paul Lohr. I'm Rob White. And I'm Bo Gherkin. Goodbye. What about Nick? Oh, Nick. Nick says bye too. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>